It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. The Gospel of John again tonight. We looked at this on Sunday. Probably the most familiar Bible scripture that's quoted, rehearsed, memorized. You see it at baseball games. You see it at wrestling matches. You ought to see it in church. Amen. Praise God. For God so loved the world, He gave. Everybody say, He gave. He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, what's amazing about this is God's nature to give produced benefit for us. Amen. He gave His Son, and we reap the benefit. Let me try that again. He gave His Son, and we reap the benefit. Now, man, mankind got himself in a problem he couldn't get himself out of. That ever happened to you? You ever get yourself in a problem you can't get yourself out of? Well, thank God for God. <laughs> Amen. Thank God for God that he can get you out of a problem that you get yourself into and that you can't get yourself out of. Man got himself into a problem way back in the garden during creation, sinned against God, separated the entire human family from God, and death came and began to visit the family and became a place of lasting habitation, three kinds of death, uh, a spiritual death, uh, a physical death, eternal death, came and made its residence in the human family. But the good news is 2,000 years ago, Jesus came and defeated death. Now, we've already got the taste of that. You say, why? Because we're born again, and we don't taste spiritual death anymore. We're now born again. Citizens of the kingdom of heaven, members of the family of God, came by an offering. I said it came by an offering. For God so loved the world, he gave. Now, always remember, because we teach around here on receiving, believing God when you give, that it's going to come back to you, and believing God for increase. But always remember what's happening on the other end of your offering, what your giving is doing. We talked about Pastor Paul Chase last week about how God blessed him. He's got 70 other churches that are included now in his repertoire of those that he oversees. That's part of our victory. Amen. We could go missionary after missionary after missionary. I talked to, a, 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 who is it that does the stuff in China? Stan Matthias. Talked to him on the phone last week. I'm telling you, all that stuff in Ireland is coming right on. I mean, in, in China is coming right online. The blessing of God is touching that in areas in which the gospel has never been preached. 2.4 million people have never heard the gospel or hearing the gospel now. Oh, I tell you, that's a blessing. See, that comes from offerings. Because God can take something that somebody gives them, and He can break it, He can multiply it, and that which looks like it's natural, it becomes supernatural. I tell you, there's no greater investment on the planet than investment in the kingdom of God. God knew exactly how to redeem man, and He redeemed man through the offering of Himself, and He knows how to get you redeemed financially, and that is through your giving and all that you participate in in the kingdom of God. Now, in your giving, always remember to maintain an attitude of faith. Give expecting to receive. I mean, my expector is way out there. I've got it way out there for millions of dollars. You say, for millions of dollars? Absolutely. You know, that was so far beyond my imagination 33 years ago. I, I'd come back to the Lord and, and, and I you know, had a few debts that amounted to a few thousand. I think it all amounted about, about to $5,000. And that, was just, that seemed like a mountain. 
Back then, that was way back in 1984. I, that was a, I thought $5,000. Oh, how will I ever, how will I ever get this debt out of my life? Did you know by the end of the year of 1984, I was totally out of debt? He said, how did you do I just started listening. Everybody say listening. Then I started hearing what I was listening to. And when I started hearing what I was listening to, I started acting on what I was hearing. And when I started acting on what I was hearing, oh, there were times it seemed like it didn't work. It, it wasn't working. There were times it seemed like I'd made a fool of myself. There were times when the enemy would get in my mind and says, you've blown it now. You gave all your money away. But I tell you, at the end of the day, God blessed me. I increased. God continued to do it. And I've lived a lifestyle of it now for 33 years. And I want you to know it's one of the most amazing ways to live. Amen. Trusting God for your financial provision upon this earth. Amen? Tonight, I'm going to do an introduction to the book of Proverbs, then I'll begin when I get back from Ireland to, to teach on it chapter by chapter so that we can go through the entire book. I'm looking very much forward to it. But go to Proverbs chapter 1, and we'll just start with some preliminary things. Proverbs chapter 1, let's just read for just a moment. The Amplified really gives an explanation of what Proverbs are. So I'm going to read first the Amplified, verse 1. It says the Proverbs, then it, then, then it kind of puts the parentheses around. It says, truths obscurely expressed maximums and parables. Now, literally, the Proverbs were given, I believe, by the Holy Ghost to King David, and he taught them to his son Solomon. Now, Solomon was known as a man of wisdom. When asked by God what he wanted to rule uh, the nation with, he didn't ask for silver or gold or money or, or a great army. He asked for wisdom. And because he asked for wisdom, God said he'd, he'd, he'd make him rich. And God did. The Bible talks about Solomon being the richest man that ever lived on the, on the planet. Amen? Isn't that amazing? Uh, the richest man ever lived on the planet was a faith man. Amen? And so uh, much of this wisdom that, that, that Solomon uh, got, he got from his father David. Now, knowing that, much of what David learned, he learned by experience. But then on the other side of the coin, much of what David learned was a, what I call applied knowledge, things he got from God that he applied and saw how it worked. Now, a lot of the teaching, it's, all, it's good if you're a parent of a, of a teenager or a young person, it's always good to get your kids to go through the uh, 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 through the Proverbs. You say, well, how do you do it with your child? I bribe them. I pay them money to do it. Let, let me just clear that up. Amen? I, I pay them money to do it. And, and that's, you say, well, they probably wouldn't do it if you didn't pay money. You're exactly right. They wouldn't do it if I didn't pay them money. Amen? You got to use a little wisdom. Amen? And as they get a little older and begin to think about cars and different things like that and, and needing money for it, then that gives you an opportunity to say, okay, you want something like this? Well, here you go. And so, you know, I have a friend of mine that, that, that his parents did that. His parents were pastors, and they gave him a certain amount of money for every uh, uh, scripture he memorized. And, and so he memorized a ton of scriptures because he wanted a lot of money. So he just memorized scriptures all over the Bible. Well, you know, after he got out of college and everything, he was wanting to go here and do this and do that. Well, the Lord finally, uh, he finally obeyed the Lord and went into the ministry. Actually, pastors his parents' church today. But what's amazing about that is, is God put a supernatural gift in him where when the Spirit of God comes upon him, he can pick people out and minister to them and give them Scripture in verse. 
give them, get, just pay. And every time he does it, it's exactly what that person is, exactly the scripture verse that they need. So it's, you know, any way you can get the Word of God into them, get the Word of God into them. Amen? But there's also great wisdom. Now, we know the, 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 the prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. For the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Him, the eyes of our understanding. Three words. Everybody say this with me. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Now, Proverbs deals with those three words. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And they work together. The, those three forces of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding work together. Now, now, let's read this for just a moment. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom and justice and judgment and equity, and to give stability to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning. A, wise, a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Everybody say wise counsels. Now, we must understand these three words. Knowledge, everybody say it again, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. So I, I just went and just began to do some simple uh, study of each one of these words. Knowledge, first of all, let's look at knowledge. Knowledge is information obtained from education or experience. It's also called an awareness of, of specific information. Like, like you may have... You may have knowledge of, of, of painting or knowledge of welding. Uh, we have people that are in medicine, and, and some have knowledge of, of, of nursing. Some have knowledge of, uh, of medicine. They're doctors. Uh, the specific types. See, knowledge can be broke up, broken up into specific types. Amen? It also says uh, it's the act of possessing. It's the act of possessing that which you know. What you know is your knowledge. Your knowledge is what you know. Amen? Uh, it's, a con it's a condition. It's a condition of apprehending truth in equivalent to the sum of what you know. To have knowledge. Everybody say to have knowledge. Knowledge in its most simple form is information. Amen. Now, not all knowledge, not all information is good knowledge. There's people that have knowledge of how to steal your identity on the internet. That's not good knowledge. Amen. Uh, there's people that have knowledge of how to run all kinds of scams and people that have knowledge of how to drug, uh, do drug deal. All, this, all that negative knowledge doesn't, doesn't help or bless anybody. But then there's the knowledge of the Word of God. Now, the knowledge of the Word of God. Now, let me just say this because a lot of people, you know, because we live in, in such an information age, the, 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 the blooming of technology, the, the absolute explosion, we take that so for granted. But, honey, you go back 100 years ago, you're in the dark ages compared to where we are right now. I don't know if I could live in Galveston without air conditioning. <laughs> Amen. Could you imagine going through a summer here in Galveston without air conditioning? But they had no knowledge of that. Thank God somebody gained some knowledge. Amen. Of how to put Freon into something and run a fan across it and put it in a, put it in a duck and blow it out on me. Glory to God. Amen. But you go, you, you talk about going back 100 years ago. Go back 200 years. Amen? And you, and, you, and you compare that to the history, the biblical history of the existence of, uh, of this brand of humanity upon the planet 6,000 years as compared to 200 years. Honey, there has been an explosion, an absolute explosion of knowledge. 
Now, the reason there has been an absolute explosion of knowledge is because there has been ex an explosion of the knowledge of God. Where you see a lack of the knowledge of God, you'll see a lack of information. Where you see a lack of the knowledge of God, you will see a lack of technology. Come on, church. You only see knowledge in its current form, that, that which helps humanity, that which blesses humanity, rising up out of enlightened people. You say, what do you mean enlightened people? People with knowledge of God. You can go study invention after invention after invention after invention after invention and trace its source and you'll find someone praying. You'll, some, you'll find some believer. You'll so, find some Christian. You'll find, you'll find some, some individual. I was reading a deal the other day. Actually, it's been about a month or so ago about a man who developed a lot of surgical techniques. He was a very, very uh, knowledgeable individual when it came to surgery. Now, this man was an African-American man that came over. His parents came over uh, to the United States from a country in Africa. He got over here, got educated, and got saved. And when he got saved, all of a sudden, his mind got in connection with his spirit, and his mind in connection with his spirit came up with surgical technique after surgical technique after surgical te technique that absolutely astounded the educators in that particular field of that generation. It blew them away. You say, where did it come? came from Christian. came from somebody enlightened. Because the Word of God is light. And wherever there's darkness, there needs to be light. The knowledge of the Word of God brings light into any situation. The Lord said in the, in the Word, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We could actually say it like this. All people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know, there are people today. I watched a deal the other day about some, just some surfer, some guy that, 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 that wanted to surf and not work. Pretty good ambition, amen? So he, he basically went and figured out a little filter system. And what is it, Gabe, called Waves for Water, I think is the name of it. Waves for Water is what he calls it. And he goes to all these, he goes to all these uh, just, just backwater, dark places in these little islands in the South Pacific, places off Africa and India. And he goes to these places. They have, they have terrible water. The water's horrible. And he, and he shows them how to make these little filters, how to maintain them, and cleans their water up. Okay? And so I was, I, was, I was watching him on the, there's a little website you can watch. And I noticed a Christian fish in his logo. I thought the guy's a believer. God gave him that. Now what's he doing? Now he's living his dream, going all over the world surfing, Telling people about Jesus and fixing their water. See, knowledge will do that. That's what knowledge will do. Knowledge will wake you up to all the goodness of God. Knowledge will wake you up that there is another world out there other than the world in which we see. Now, with, after knowledge comes, you need wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Now, wisdom is the ability to understand knowledge. Everybody say understand. That wisdom is that which maximizes the full potential of knowledge. Amen. Just, I like this. This was, this, was, this was actually in Webster's definition of the word wisdom. Judgment beyond the senses. Did you get that? Judgment beyond the senses. Because, see, our information gates are our five senses. And many times the only information we allow in, or that which we believe, comes through the information gates. But you may get knowledge that does not agree with your senses. Let me give you a simple example. 
you know, here we are in April. So I, I know the potential of this is pretty slim, but yeah, there, it's still, it could happen. So all of a sudden, you go home tonight, and on your 10 o'clock news program, they give you knowledge that a very freak, huge, Arctic blast is going to come and come all the way down through the Gulf Coast. Amen? Now, you say, and they say, you know, by Sunday morning, it's going to be 15 degrees on Galveston Island. Now, you all, all of a sudden, you have knowledge of that. Amen? So you walk out the door on Saturday afternoon, and it's 84 with 80% humidity. And your senses tell you, it ain't going to be 15 degrees in the morning. This is April. This is Galveston Island. This is, this is, you know, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you look off in the north, and here comes this, you know, this, this black cloud, this line of, of weather. Here it comes, and next thing you know, it goes from 84 to 15 degrees. Hopefully, you put on a coat. Now, if you did put on a coat, are you with me? That's wisdom. Did you get that? That's wisdom. Now, to stand there and see that front coming and go, I bind you in the name of Jesus. It's April on the Gulf Coast, so I'm going to keep my Hawaiian shirt on, my flip-flops on, amen, and I'm going to keep my Bermuda shorts on, and I don't care what my senses are telling me. It's not 15 degrees. It's 84. I believe I receive 84 degrees. Amen. Well, that's not wisdom. That's not wisdom at all, but that's what a lot of people try to do with faith. That's why their faith doesn't work, because they get knowledge of faith, but they don't use any wisdom. Amen. Then the third word, understanding. Everybody say understanding. Understanding. The ability to judge a certain subject according to knowledge. Amen. A mental grasp based on limited knowledge. Now listen to that. A mental grasp based on limited knowledge. I always use airline flight, flying an airplane. I've flown in little bitty ones that look like they were going to crash at any moment. And I, I, what's the new one they fly? The big 777. Man, that's a beautiful plane. That's, that's an airplane there, buddy. But my knowledge of flight is limited. Next Thursday, I'll get on a, I'll get on a, a, a jet and fly to Atlanta. Then I'll get on a jet in Atlanta, and I'll fly into Dublin, Ireland. Now, I've used this illustration before, but it really pays to repeat it or the repetition of it because once you understand, understanding, it'll help you, especially with spiritual things. My knowledge is very limited of my, of my journey. Our staff take, that takes care of my travels, they, they, they contact the airlines, the airline produces a document, the document gives me knowledge out of the document. So it behooves me to use wisdom when reading the document. If it says, go to Hobby Airport and not Intercontinental, but I feel more like going to Intercontinental, it would behoove me to use wisdom and do what the paper says. See what I'm saying? So all of the information is going to get me into a seat on the plane. That's what it's designed to do. It's designed to get me, all that knowledge is designed, if I will use wisdom, it is designed to get me into a particular seat. That's all it's designed to do. It's not designed to explain to me how to fly a 777 airline. Amen? Basic knowledge. It'll, it'll say, 
Hobby Airport. It'll say Delta Airlines. It'll say seat 2A. That's all it'll say. That's all it'll say. Now, if I rebel against that, if I don't submit to that, then, uh, you know, I'll probably end up like that guy on TV, that drug kicking and screaming off the airplane. <laughs> Amen. You know, somebody's going to have to come explain to me how you're going to get this 40 tons of metal up in the air, keep it up in the air, and get it to a particular location. They're not going to explain it. Nobody, the pilots, the, 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 the attendants, nobody is going to explain that to me. I'm going to have to use understanding. Now, I've got knowledge that put me in 2A. But my understanding is going to get me from Galveston Island to Dublin. You can go anywhere in the world with understanding. Say, well, how does that apply to spiritual things? Too many people are trying to figure out with their little peanut brain God. You can't figure out God. How He's going to do it, why He's going to do it, where He's going to do it, what flavor it's going to be, what kind it's going to be. That's what we try to do instead of living by the understanding that the Word of God produces. When was it? I think it was in the Tuesday class. And we've mentioned this several times how John, uh, who wrote the Gospel of John, then worked 1st, 2nd, 3rd. John also wrote Revelation. He said, if all the things that Jesus said and did when he walked on the earth were written in books, the earth itself could not contain it. Well, he must have said and did a lot of things in three and a half years. Amen? So we have very limited knowledge of the spirit realm. I can't explain much of the doctrine that we teach outside of the simplicity of what the Word of God says. How can someone just believe in their heart and confess with their mouth? That's, one, that's where you have to use knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. How can an individual live on planet Earth and live a good life? Now listen to me. I mean live a good Never curse, never swear, never partake of the, of the appetites of the flesh, uh, treat his wife right, treat his children right, Treat his children, send his children to college, be benevolent, be giving, die at the end of his life, and go straight to hell. Amen? And another guy can live at like a reprobate his whole life and live in sin and be a criminal and at the end of his days get a revelation, get knowledge of Jesus Christ, confess him as Lord and Savior, and die and go to heaven. Now, let me tell you what that is. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But in light of what the Word of God gives us, the limited information that God, our Heavenly Father, wanted us to have, we can have an understanding of why that is. You say, well, how, how can we have an understanding? We understand that man sinned in the garden. So that man way over in 2017 that died and went to hell because he didn't get saved is a result of not what he has done but who he is. He didn't go to hell because of what he did. Just like he's not going to go to heaven because of what he did. Because you don't die and go to heaven or hell based on what you do. You go based on who you are. It's an identity issue. So, so, so Adam and the woman fell, we all fell. Jesus rose from the dead, and everyone has the potential to be reunited to God. So if you have knowledge of that, to walk in the wisdom of it is to do what? Get saved. You say, well, well if you can explain it to me, explain out all that, I can't do it. Baptism in the Holy Ghost. How the Spirit of God will come upon an individual. A stirring on the Spirit. 
a stirring in the spirit, bubbling up out of your spirit. Words begin to come. You connect your vocal cords. You give it your breath. You let it begin to come out of you. It begins to flow like a river. John chapter 7. Can you explain that? No, but I have knowledge of it, and wisdom says to receive it, so I have an understanding that helps me to flow in it. Amen? The gifts of the Spirit, the power of God, all those different things. There is knowledge of those things, then God supplies the wisdom of it, and through understanding, it increases and flows. It's our minds are so... You know, they tell us, that we only use 10% of our minds. Amen? That's why you shouldn't give people a piece of your mind. That's a lot of people's problems. They give so many pieces of their mind, they ain't got any left. Amen? So I'm just going to give you a piece of my mind. Please keep it. You may need that. <laughs> you may need that down the road somewhere, you know. But that's what people don't realize is our mind through the fall, because of the fall, even our minds, even our intellect fell. That means Adam in the garden before sin must have been an extremely intelligent individual. Extremely intelligent. And as soon as he sinned, what did man do? He reverted to his baser nature and began to live by the appetites of his flesh. And that's exactly what man does today. He lives by the appetites of his flesh. And it's amazing how accommodating the enemy is to the appetites of the flesh. Sleeping, eating, and making your flesh feel good, legally and illegally. Amen? Feeding the appetite, the, 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 the eating appetite, the sleeping appetite, the sexual appetite. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, 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 it's so far out of kilter. So far in the ditch, amen, you got, you got to have a spiritual awakening to arrest that which is going on even in the earth today. I mean, it was so bad in Noah's day, God had to destroy the earth because of it, the appetite of man. So we must understand and have understanding of how the Word of God operates. Now, number one, everybody say number one, you must have a desire for the knowledge of the Word. Ask God to give you knowledge in the Word. A, a very famous pastor, uh, 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 Youngi Cho, South Korea, has built the largest uh, full gospel church in the world. Actually, it is the largest church in the world, much less the largest full gospel church in the world. Pastor Sam Carr that comes and preaches to, to our little church of three or 400 has been there and preached in that church, and they have an auditorium that seats over 50,000, I think they have 10 services on Sunday. All people that are born again filled with the Holy Ghost speak in other tongues. Amen. Now, he said this about the Bible. He said, when you read the Bible, play dumb. Amen. Act like you know nothing. And tell God, I know nothing. Help me. Now, immaturity is one of the greatest deceivers when it comes to knowledge. It's amazing what I thought I knew when I was young. <laughs> Since we've got the youth out of here, we can talk like this. Amen. A friend of mine had a deal on his refrigerator. You didn't get those things you stick on the refrigerator. Everybody has all this. So he had a sign on there. It says, I think he had four teenagers at one time in the house. So he had, he had written this to his teenagers. It was written in handwriting. It said, Dear Teenagers, Get out of my house, go get you a job, 
pay your own bills, and do it now while you know everything. <laughs> Same thing is true with spiritual things. Man, if you'd asked me a question five years after I was back to the Lord, I'd have told you the answer. 33 years later, I really don't have a clue. Because the more I learn, the less I see I ever knew in the first place. And what knowledge will do is it will help you see as you gain knowledge, you'll see that you are making life decisions in your past with no knowledge at all, much less any wisdom or understanding. That's why it takes a little time to grow up spiritually. And that's why you've got to get into a mode in life in which you're more concerned about growing up spiritually than you are concerned about getting a need met. Because growing up spiritually can help you outgrow any problem. You can outgrow any problem. You say, i got a financial problem. Would you pray for me for a miracle? No, outgrow it. Uh, I've got a problem in my marriage. Outgrow it. I've got a problem in my business. My job, outgrow your problem. The knowledge of God is designed to help you outgrow your problem. And you can outgrow any problem. You can outgrow cancer. You can outgrow, you can outgrow uh, uh, what is it, uh, bankruptcy. You can outgrow any of that stuff if you're just willing to put the effort in. Man is so willing to put effort into intellectual education and so unwilling to put any effort into spiritual education when actually the most important is what spiritual education not natural education we're not against natural education get all you can well Breland's already getting brochures for college stuff like that we're already thinking about those kind of things but here's the thing you cannot afford to educate your intellect at the expense of your spirit because if you do that you'll become an intellectually ruled individual and listen, if you are an intellectually ruled individual, you're going to be just like everybody else in the world. But there are a few people who have figured out how to grow up spiritually with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Because God will impart knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to you. And what Proverbs does, it does not, open, it does not give you all of the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding you'll need. It opens the door to it. It opens the door to it. And as you go through the book of Proverbs and as you begin to meditate on it, study it, and look at it, then the door will be open for all of this knowledge and information and understanding to begin to flow from its correct source, from God. And it's amazing. It doesn't take long. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. Much of what we go through in life as believers is because of our lack of knowledge, our unwillingness to, to apply it in the correct way, amen, and then walking in understanding after it has been applied. Let me give you an example. We'll take finances because that's something everybody can relate to. You start hearing any teacher that correctly teaches on finances out of the Bible, he's going to talk about two things. He's going to go to the Word of God. He's going to talk about two things. He's going to talk about tithing. He's going to talk about offering. He's going to talk about tithing being 10% of your income, being put into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he's going to talk about your offering, which is your seed, which will reproduce after its own kind. Now, that is correct biblical knowledge. Now, listen, I don't care. It really doesn't matter to me if you believe that or not. The problem with not believing it is you've had too many people that have proven that it works. 
Too many people out there have done this over the decades in which the information has been available, and it's worked for them. It's worked for me. It's worked for some of you that have been willing not to allow their intellect to challenge what the Spirit says. So many times we allow our intellect to challenge the knowledge of the Word of God instead of letting the knowledge of the Word of God challenge our intellect. So you begin to do the math. We're big at math, you know. We look at our paycheck. We just use the round figures. We make $1,000 a week. Uncle Sam takes his $250. We bring home $750. So we think to ourselves, so God expects me to give $100, which takes my $750 and reduces it to $650. But I have $700 worth of bills. Now you tell me, preacher, how in the world am I going to pay $700 worth of bills with $650? See, automatically you've talked yourself out of the knowledge of God. Your intellect has talked you out of it. But I've got good news for you. You can pay $700 worth of bills with $650 and have money left over to tithe, to offer, to save, and to plan a vacation with. Now, see, that's where people say, well, that's just crazy because that doesn't make sense. You're exactly right. Well, how does that work? I have no idea, but I have an understanding of it. Lee and I have done it our whole married life. I've done it our whole ministerial life. We've tied everything that's come in. We've offered on top of that, and God has blessed it back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and we have no idea how it works. We just know it works. We just know if we obey the knowledge of the Word of God, which is wisdom to do, then God will give us understanding. Now listen to me. That understanding will produce peace. Now show me the, here, let me show you the difference. The knowledge of it comes and you reject it. No. Ain't no way that preacher going to get $100 out of me. I need my $700. But you know what the Word says. Then all of a sudden, the very same entity that was on this side of your shoulder talking into your ear, saying, that's stupid. He just wants another fancy shirt. Come on, church. That's stupid. They just want your money. That's stupid. Now, when you say, oh, I'm not going to give that money, you jump over on the other side as you walk out the door and say, you blew it now. You made God mad. <laughs> and so all of a sudden you start hearing from the other side and your peace will leave. But it's amazing how one of the number one things that will happen to you financially is when you tithe and you do it according to the Word of God and you use wisdom and you step over into faith, what produces that understanding, all of a sudden you have peace. You don't even think about, well, I ain't got enough money. That don't even enter the question. You just start doing what you do with what you have, and when it's all over, you're amazed at what you have left over because doing the knowledge of the Word of God invokes the supernatural aspect of God. That's how you learn to trust God. Now, let me close with this. My time's up. One of those most amazing things about, and I believe this is why God did it, and I believe that's why David wrote it. God chose the wrong guy. You don't go to some guy's house and choose the youngest son who's basically just one step higher than the servant. You choose the eldest son. You choose the most handsome. Amen. The elder is the one that's the, the, the heir to all of it. 
And you don't go through all the sons and end up saying, is that all your kids? And he's like, yeah, we got one. We didn't even, we didn't even invite him to dinner. <laughs> we, knew, we, knew he, we knew he would not be the choice. Amen? So you bring him in and you call him king in front of his brothers and his dad and his mom. And he's going, king? <laughs> Amen? God gave him knowledge. God gave him knowledge. Now, what was unique about David is David already had a heart toward God. He was already worshiping God. He was already praising God. And he was already making ex ex exploitation, exploitation, is that how you can say it? He was already exploring the boundaries or the dimensions of what he could do in the covenant that we, he was in. How far can, I'm not a priest. They tell me I'm going to be a king. I'm not a prophet. At that time, he wasn't. So he just worshipped God. Everybody say worshipped. Now, as he worshipped God, favor came on him. And he ended up in the king's court. Are you with me? And in the king's court, all of them go off to war. He, goes, he, he does the right thing because knowledge, wisdom, and understanding always do the right thing. He goes back to his father's house to tend sheep. In tending his father's sheep, his father sends him to the battle that the king and all the army went off to fight. And in this battle is this big old giant. And nobody wants to fight him. And David not only fights him, but whips him. And it's a great, great celebration. Got to be careful with celebrations. Because they cried out, Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his ten thousands. Did you know that was not true? That wasn't true. And Saul heard that. And it put something in Saul. And Saul, even though David and Jonathan became fast friends, Saul had it in for him. And Saul spent the rest of his life as a king trying to kill David. Now, how would you feel if you were in a meeting, somebody called you king, and you're on the run, and you're considered a criminal, and your whole country hates you, and your family despises you, and the only people that would surround themselves, uh, that, would, that would surround you were, were people that were in debt, you can go read this, in debt or impoverished, same thing, in debt or impoverished, are people that were running from the law. So he's an outlaw. Amen? And at the end of his life, he has been the most successful leader of the nation of Israel since Moses. But to go from where he was to where he ended up, took a tremendous amount of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Because his road was not a very smooth road. It was pretty rocky. But he made it, why? Because of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. That's why he uses those three principles at the beginning of Proverbs to teach his son. Now, did he ever not make a mistake? Honey, he made some of the worst. He had a dysfunctional family. Come on, church. He had a dysfunctional family. He had, he had people on his staff and that worked with him that were, that were messed up. He had enemies all around him that wanted to kill him. But he still lived in the peace of God, had the favor of God. And God said this about him. He's a man after my own heart. Which means what? That David's true desire was the knowledge of God and his wisdom and understanding. And he made it through. Now, we have a better covenant. 
based on better promises. We have more information. We have more knowledge. We have more wisdom. And we have the Holy Ghost, which is the spirit of all of that, which God has put on the inside of you. So what God desires from us is for us to step outside of life in the central realm where everything is ruled by our senses. And he wants us to live how? By the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. To live by the Spirit is life everlasting. To live by the flesh is death. So God says, get out of that lifestyle. Get over here into the knowledge of God. Get over here into the wisdom of God. Get over here in the understanding of God. And all the junk you go through, you'll go through. Now, here's where the enemy will mess you up. And I'll close with this. He'll make you think it's because of this lifestyle you're going through this. <laughs> you're going to go through it anyway. <laughs> Don't ever fall for that lie. Well, if you weren't serving God, you wouldn't be having all this problem. Yes, you would. You would absolutely be having those problems and absolutely multiplied more. Well, I never had problems like this until I started serving God. Don't fall for that lie. It's absolutely a lie. You would have gone through it as a drug addict. You would have gone through it as an alcoholic. You would have gone through it as just some proud religious person. You would have still gone through all that mess. You've just got some knowledge of it now. Now you know it's a problem. Now you know this isn't God doing this. Now you know you got an enemy. Now you know you got an adversary. Now you know you got a way out. Use it. Use it. Use it, and you'll get out of it. Amen? Well, lift your hands and thank God. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. Thank you that as we begin this series on Proverbs, thank you that knowledge, wisdom, and understanding rise up in our spirit man, dominates our heart, controls our soul, and puts our flesh in restraint. Oh, we thank you for it, Father. We believe we receive we rejoice in it, thanking you that it's ours in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.